time to wake up. It's Saturday morning. Find some milk and cereal. Grab a bowl and spoon. No, a bigger spoon. Head to the living room and take a seat on the floor. But Joseph and Chris present to you... Saturday Morning Cartoon! Hello everybody, welcome to Saturday Morning Cartoon Boom! Boom! What Chris said. This is a show where we wake up with the Saturday morning sun, plop down in the living room floor with a big bowl of sugary cereal, and watch all your favorite cartoons, both old and new. I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris, the the one that he talked about earlier. That's me. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's the only Chris here with me. Yep. Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> this morning, we watched King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. On the last episode, you brought it up, and then immediately we're like, oh, we're watching this. Ta-da. Oh, yeah. Like, surprise. <laughs> Uh yeah that, that was that was good actually it, it was very um it was unplanned but I'm glad that it ended up this way it let me get an insight as to why I loved it so much as a kid and right. I guess why I don't so much now but we'll talk about that <laughs> oh sad <laughs> the show King Arthur and the Knights of Justice aired from ninety two to ninety three created by Gene Shalopin who also created Inspector Gadget, Heathcliff, and the Cadillac Cats, and the new adventures of He-Man. So Dope. this guy has made a lot of things. It was produced by C&D and Golden Films, then distributed by Bobot Entertainment and Golden Films. Ran for two seasons, 26 episodes total. It was a first-run syndication, so it was on multiple networks when it first came out. For a short synopsis, when the real King Arthur and his knights are captured by Morgana... Merlin casts a spell to bring the American football team called the Knights led by Arthur King to the past to help free the real king and stop Morgana's evil plan to collect magical keys. What a, what an evil plan to collect <laughs> magical keys. I need some keys. <laughs> the magic kind. Oh, I just got it. Arthur King. King Ar- No, I'm kidding. I totally, oh, I was like, oh I my totally God. Are you serious? <laughs> <laughs> That's not even a I just got it thing. That's right. They say it. <laughs> they point it out. So, Chris, who are some actors that played in this show? There's a lot of characters, and so there's a lot of actors behind these characters. But luckily for me, lots of the uh, lots of the voice actors did several characters in the show. Just about every cast member in this show was on multiple shows with a lot of the same people. So there's going to – especially in this show particular – Almost every cast member was a voice actor on X-Men Evolution or Beast oh. Wars or both. It's just kind of neat seeing all these people like, you know, together on multiple shows because then you're like, oh, they must be like buddies or something. Otherwise, it's a really weird coincidence that they're on so many together. Or the worst of enemies. Or they're the worst of enemies and they hate their jobs because they have to see each other every day. But um, so the character of Merlin was voiced by Jim Burns. And he was Nick Fury on X-Men Evolution, and he was Inferno in Beast Wars, the uh, big red ant guy that was like, the queen! And, oh, and yeah, yeah. I love that dude. He He's in a lot of stuff. He voices a lot of things. He was, he's also Guy in Street Fighter, and he voices a lot for the Mega Man cartoons, including Dr. Light. And he oh. he does the voices of a lot of the just random bad guy robots and stuff. Most of the people in this show have really, really long careers. So it's uh, it's cool seeing all their stuff. Character of Arthur, voiced by Andrew Cavadas, who does mostly anime work. He was in a couple Gundam. He was in Death Note, Inuyasha, 
he was also in the uh, cartoon Battletoads, which I totally oh. forgot exists. And I'm like, oh, I, I totally got to do that one someday. I, I forgot it existed, too, until you just said it. The characters Sir Lance, Sir Tone, Sir Trunk, Warlord Axe, and Warlord Blackwing were all voiced by Scott McNeil, wow. who, one of my favorite voice actors of all time, he was Wolverine in X-Men Evolution, he was Rat Trap in Beast Wars, he's done tons and tons and tons of other stuff in America, and lots of anime. Sir Brick, Sir Phil, Warlord Bash, and Lord Viper, all voiced by Gary Chalk, who has been in a ridiculous amount of cartoons. He was Optimus Primal in Beast Wars and voices Optimus Prime in lots of the other Transformer cartoons like Transformers Energon, Transformers Armada. And he did lots of voices in both the original and the new version of He-Man. Sir Darren, Sir Lug, Squire Tyrone, and Warlord Hammer, voiced by Mike Donovan, who was mostly just in... American 90s cartoons and some early 2000s. Sabretooth from X-Men Evolution. But he tends to do a lot more just guest work or additional voices than anything. Not a lot of big roles. Characters Sir Gallup, Sir Zeke, and Squire Everett was Mark Hildreth. And he's done a really wide variety of American cartoons and anime. He was the voice of Hiro Yui in the cartoon Gundam Wing which Scott McNeil was also in. He was the voice of duo Maxwell, so those two, another connection there. The character of Sir Breeze was voiced by Lee Jeffrey, the only character he did, unlike everybody else that did a million characters. <laughs> he hasn't done a lot. He does not have a very extensive resume. He did a little bit of G.I. Joe, and he did a lot of additional voices for Captain N, the Game Master. Queen Guinevere, Morgana, and Lady of the Table was voiced by Kathleen Barr, and she has a really, really, really long, extensive resume also. Lots of Care Bear cartoons, lots of Barbie cartoons, and she voiced a couple characters on Ed, Ed, and Eddie. And then finally, we have the character of Lady Elaine was voiced by a woman named Venus Terzo, which is the coolest name ever. <laughs> and um, she's voiced a lot of things too, but... To continue the theme with some of the others, she was Jean Grey in X-Men Evolution and Black Arachnia from Beast Wars. <laughs> there, that's that's the most I've heard Beast Wars mentioned for any reason in the past, I don't know, 10, yeah. 20 years, however long it's been. Like half of this cast was the cast yeah. of Beast Wars pretty much. I think that's the longest segment of name the people who were in this show that you've had out of all the shows we've done. I was just going to say, this is the most characters we've had in a yeah, cartoon Now I'm yet. confident that we could make our own show with a ridiculous amount of characters and just play all the voices ourselves. Oh, yeah. We could totally do it. Like, me and you, we could tackle at least, like, 12 exactly. characters each. <laughs> It'll be a 24-character <laughs> show where we'll both take turns playing the women. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. For a few tasty marshmallows out of our big bowl of Knights of Justice cereal... There was a Super Nintendo game based on the series produced by Enix in 1995 prior to the merger with Square. Even though the actual series ended prematurely, the end of the game did provide an actual resolution, returning the Knights back to their own time. However, this game was pretty much hated all around. So it was a crappy game, but it did oh, provide no. an ending to the show that ended before its time. It can't be worse than Shaq Fu. I think Shaq Fu might be the worst video game Shaq of all Fu time. Shaq Fu is my favorite game of all time. No, that's oh, no. that was a lie. I felt <laughs> bad seeing. I felt dirty. <laughs> uh. 
<laughs> in addition to that, Mattel released action figures as well as vehicles and accessories based on the show. Of course, this show to me felt like one of those 80 shows like Transformers or that exactly, was or Dino Riders. It was made to yes. sell toys. Anytime you bring crazy vehicles into the mix, I automatically feel like you're trying to sell me something. Oh, absolutely. Plus, I mean, you get all the knights with like animal themed armor yeah, and, and stuff. The variety of colors. Yeah, that's just prime for like yep. a toy line. And as a kid, I was a sucker for that kind of stuff too. If you want to introduce a cast of characters with all these animal themes and stuff like like Power Rangers, of course I'm going to want to buy all those toys. Yeah, What's man. Wrong that's like you? I was saying last episode uh, on uh, Battle of the Planets. Animal themes always make me excited about a team. Like uh, like you were saying, Power Rangers, right. or even with... And the reason we are actually watching this one is because I mentioned it for this reason, because of the animal shields they have. Lastly, if you just couldn't get enough of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice, don't worry. Marvel also released a three-part miniseries based on the show of comics in 93. Just three of them? Yeah, just three. Wow. Was that planned, or was it just that bad? I have no idea. I, I didn't read anything about it being bad, so okay. they might actually be cool. Might have done it justice. So usually it's always like at least a five or six arc thing. But if it was three, they might have been like not worth it. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's not even a full trade. So, Chris, do you have any memories of this show at all? You know, like when you said the name, I, I didn't remember anything about it. And I, I was pretty sure I hadn't seen it. But when I saw the opening credits and I saw the logo for the show, it looked familiar just mm-hmm. vaguely. So I'm guessing just a thing that I had seen on TV as a kid while, you know, maybe flipping through the channels or waiting for another cartoon to be on or something. So I don't know. Yeah, it was that sweet synth music. (laughs) The music in the show was was awesome. (laughs) I don't really listen to like metal music, but they had some just serious metal going through this whole cartoon. And it just, it it was kind of fun. They even had like some double bass pedal going for a while (laughs) during a battle scene. I was like, are you serious? You know what? This is great. I think the music and the sound effects were probably one of my favorite parts of this show. The sound effects were fantastic. Because, okay, one of my favorite parts about that was when they were like hitting the swords against each other. And it would make that clanking noise as if the swords were actually hitting each other. Yeah, that, that was really satisfying. That brought me into that battle. I was like, yeah, now I'm there. I'm with you. Every time someone got hit with something, it was such a, like, the bass was so thick in this show. <laughs> like, it just, you felt the thud, like, yeah. in your chest every time there's something hit. And that was awesome. That was the first cartoon I I've, I've remember watching where, like, you, you almost kind of feel it. I was like, oh, man, yeah, that's pretty brutal. I like it. <laughs> There was one scene where Lady Elaine threw a sword to her uncle and it made a noise that was just like, like it was (laughs) like, that is not a throw noise, first of all, and (laughs) nor could she have thrown it so hard to make that. It was like it broke the sound barrier. It was so loud. (laughs) (laughs) She made a sonic boom throwing that sword. (laughs) But yeah, like I, I, I mean, as I was kind of talking about last episode, I have fond memories of this show because I was 10 years old. So this was perfect for me then. It worked on so many levels with the action, the magic, the sweet weapons and the animals coming out of the shields combined. All of that was great. That said, though, I had a really tough time making it all the way through some of these episodes. The first episode was the hardest for me to make my way through because <laughs> I was like, this is Oh, it's just so corny, like so, (laughs) 
So corny. But I think <laughs> I think a big highlight for me at the time was the animal shield stuff. And they didn't really utilize that in the three episodes that we watched. We got yeah. one example of that in the last episode that we watched. Yep, that was it. And that was like the worst animal that it could have been because it I mean, it was a Cerberus, but it was like a small one. It was like a puppy Cerberus. Like if it had been a giant dog, that would have been awesome. And didn't get a lot of screen time. His whole his whole reason was just to dig a hole. Exactly. That was it. <laughs> so as we talk about the episodes that we watch for today's show, that'll be a good segue. The very first episode, highest rated episode, and finally, random listener chosen episode. Order varies depending on how these episodes fall chronologically, but of course, we always start with the very first episode, opening kickoff. Season 1, episode 1. When King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table are defeated by the Warlords, and then Queen Guinevere is captured by their foes... The wizard Merlin recruits a group of football players and their equipment manager, it adds that in, from the present day to protect Camelot and save the queen. This surprised me because I did not read anything about this cartoon. The only thing I knew was the name and that you said you enjoyed it and that it might be a little corny. So I I went in completely blind Mm -hmm. and it starts out with Merlin. So I'm expecting this whole show just to be strictly Camelot stuff. And so when I find out that they're bringing people from the present back in time, that actually interested me more. I was like, oh, oh, that's what we're doing. Okay, cool. And at first I thought they were just going to bring Arthur. But then they say like 12 others. And I'm like, oh, sweet. We're bringing a ton of people in. (laughs) But then I kind of thought that maybe it was going to be various people from around the world pulled in, not just this guy's whole football team he's on. So then I was like, oh, oh, we're going to get a bunch of football jokes, aren't we? And yes, we did. Lots of football puns. And that sucked. (laughs) (laughs) As somebody that's not into football or sports in general, Unless you count esports, then I'm just kind of like, nah. Yeah, the football jokes fell flat with me too. I, I think there is appeal to a certain group of kids. I mean, as a kid, I like to play football with my friends and stuff, but yeah. it's not on the same level. And they were telling like actual football jokes. For me, watching this episode, I really like the idea of the show. The premise of the show is great. I just think the execution yeah, could have used a lot of work. And this was a prime example of that because, yeah, like they pull this team and it's football. Fine. I I can get past that. But they bring these players in. Arthur just kind of instantly gets into it. And he's like, Guinevere, I have to save her. And then his his friend's just like, I'll come with you. And they have no weapons. They have nothing. It's like, I'm going to go out and do this. There's a really funny um, thing that too. Uh, before we get to that, though, I did want to say, like, towards the beginning, they show the warlords and Lord Viper attacking the castle that Merlin's in. And it's literally, it's so over the top because it's like billions of arrows and not just arrows, but they have catapults just throwing battle axes. (laughs) I mean, just in constant succession. So they're just flying through the air and everything. And Merlin's just like, no thanks, bro. And like puts up like this force field and just nothing's hitting. But then like this one dude just swoops in and steals Guinevere and takes her away. I'm like, Merlin can stop like these billions of weapons flying at the castle, but he can't stop one dude just swooping in and saying, I got this. Like, really? (laughs) 
Yeah, the dude who flew in was probably my favorite Blackwing. Blackwing, yeah. Yes, Blackwing's awesome. I really liked his armor, and I I thought that he was probably the coolest villain of all. I mean, Lord Viper should have been, but Lord Viper was such a like he was so annoying. Like he his eyes looked stupid. (laughs) Yeah, his His eyes were rectangles. Yeah, they were weird. (laughs) <laughs> like they took the shape of the cutout in his helmet and his eyes were rectangular and slanted weird lord viper is the only human character well aside from morgana is the only human character on the villain side the rest are all oh, uh I didn't rock, know that. they're all like rock constructs made by morgana weird oh sweet yeah i didn't know that, that that's actually kind of cool all the bad guys looked amazing like, they all just had some sweet, like, wicked-looking armor. They were all huge. Yeah, there was a dude with, like, the hammer fist, and there was a dude who yes. just threw axes. There was the one who was, like, a barbarian. The, yeah, yeah, the villains in this show were great. They I were liked, fantastic. There was one scene that made me laugh a lot when I saw... I think it was this episode. Yeah, it was, because this is when Blackwing captures Guinevere, like you just said. So Lord Viper is trying to explain this to uh, one of his... One of the warlords... He's like, it's good. Let Merlin keep using his magic because it will distract him while we capture Guinevere. And then the dude just, he gives him a look and he just tilts his head. Oh, the yeah. Warlord. He doesn't I remember say that. That's he really funny. He's head. like, I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. And then he explains it to him. And that was uh, just so funny to me. Idiot. That was funny. And I feel like it wasn't intentional, but it was really funny. Let's Let's talk about how the team got there because there's all kinds of goofy stuff uh this woman made of water pops out of a wooden table somehow yeah it's like the lady in the lake is now the lady in the table yeah she just pops out and she's like hey you know grab this football team or something they're called the knights get it nudge nudge (laughs) and uh he's like sure thing they get in their bus after their game and they're just constantly going knights 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 which irritated the crap out of me part of it was they had just won a football game and they were cheering knights 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 and it transitions to the other scene where they're in the bus driving and they're, and they're still, still, still cheering it. it's like how <laughs> they've been doing this for hours <laughs> do they ever stop there's a guy on the team that they drew pretty much to look like arsenio hall oh like, yeah exactly and they they also had a ginger dude with a mullet, and he looked really gross. They had an Asian dude who got very little airtime, and he was really smart and just kept talking about biology and stuff. Yeah, and going to museums, <laughs> and everyone just ignored him. <laughs> it was Sir Zeke. Some of the voices were terrible. Oh yeah, I guess it's because it was all the same voice actors, and they had to try to sound different, so they had to do accents and. You know, one of them talk like this, like he's from Brooklyn or something. Over the top and just really bad. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, it's kind of funny, like, as you, like later on in the episodes, because it's almost the only way you can tell some of them apart is by their terrible accents. Yeah, especially once they put the armor on. You're like, which one right. was that again? It's like, exactly. oh, he's the dude with the Brooklyn accent. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they're on their bus. They're driving. They're driving through a storm. It's hard to see because the rain's coming down. And they go off of this, like, cliff because, you know, driving, you know, from a game to the next city, you're going up all these winding cliffs with no freaking guardrails or anything. Well, it's a shortcut. Kind of speeding through this forest and the, the, the brakes aren't working and it's accelerating. And it's this bus is constantly 
slamming into boulders and trees <laughs> and not taking any damage. Yeah. It just bounces right off of everything and keeps on trucking. Even when it looks like they're about to slam into that tree and it cuts to credits and then they're like, ah, and then they just right. like... They sideswipe the tree and keep a, keep going. Just keeps going. There's just no stop in this bus. They eventually like make it through this portal and the bus disappears and then they just kind of and they wake up dressed in like old um, Victorian regalia and around that table where that woman lives or something. But my favorite part of this is when Merlin's explaining everything to them, like why they're there. And everyone's just like really skeptical and like, oh, I don't want to do this Renaissance fair crap and things like <laughs> that. And so Merlin like shows them a vision of Guinevere. Pretty much as soon as he shows it, Arthur's like, I'm going to do it. And someone else is like, me too. And they're like, yep. yeah. Like as soon as they see this hot woman, they're like, okay, we're in. Like no questions. <laughs> well, let's just do it. <laughs> Bada bing. <laughs> That's what led into the heroes that we have before us. Do you have a list by chance of the the themes for all of them? Like the uh, yeah, I do. What all did they have? So Arthur had a dragon or a wyvern on his shield. Lancelot had a lion. Trunk had a ram. Tone, the guy who built stuff, had a serpent. Breeze had a sphinx. Wally had a falcon. Gallop had a Cerberus, which we talked about earlier. Why wouldn't Gallop have a horse? That doesn't make any sense. Great question. No idea. Sir Darren had an eagle. Sir Phil had a panther. Sir Brick had a bat. Sir Zeke had a hydra. And Sir Lug had a kraken. Cool. Oh, kraken. That's awesome. Yeah, and Lug was the equipment manager, and he still got cool armor and a shield. Yeah, he was the one that, like, drove them off the cliff in the first place like a doofus and uh, got them in all the trouble. Oh, and he was also, like, at one point, not in these episodes, but at one point he's actually able to stand toe-to-toe with Lord Viper. He is the equipment manager. Really? Wow. Yep. He's better than all of them. Pretty much, yeah. So they get all this cool stuff. They see Guinevere, and they're like, okay, let's go, bro. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) they go to save Guinevere. And uh, they get horses, too. And I swear to God, one of the horses, it was probably Arthur's, has, like, rockets strapped to it or something. <laughs> I mean, it look, like, literally, it looks like there's freaking rockets strapped on either side of this horse. So I was like, holy crap. Like, they went a little overboard, but it's pretty cool. I'll give them that. Okay, so they want to go rescue Guinevere, and Merlin's like, wait, wait, hold on. Let me give you stuff first. Like, don't just go out there. You're going to die. Right. <laughs> so he shows him the magic of the round table and grants him this sweet armor and then some this armor. Okay, what's also cool about the armor is the weapons are on the front of it. And so you summon your weapon like you don't have a sheath. You summon your weapon out of your chest plate and you summon your animal kind of guardian out of your shield. So I thought those were really neat additions to that. And it's just it sucks that in the episodes we watched, we really didn't get to see them use any of it. If I was Arthur, I'd be using that dragon all the time. I wouldn't fight any battles. Just be like, dragon, yeah, do it. If if you have that at your disposal and Merlin like didn't give you some sort of warning, like be responsible. Yeah, he's not or like, don't use it too much, or you know, yeah, it's not if like you it, lose it, you lose it. He's he not gotta, like it, it it sucks your power or it, right. you have mana that you have to worry about, or it kills kittens when you use it. Like it doesn't say any <laughs> of that. 
You won't go blind. Yeah. Like, why <laughs> wouldn't you just whip them out and then, yeah. you know, use it every battle? Exactly. I don't know. I'm sure there was some sort of rules to it. What's great is it's not until they beat the warlords in this skirmish that Arthur's like, uh, maybe Merlin's magic is real. It's like, dude, he oh, just yeah. granted you armor and weapons. And you're still skeptical. And yeah, you were skeptical up until you were able to beat these warlords. What I what I also think is, <laughs> okay, so really there's no reason that they should have been able to beat these guys in their first battle. But I think that yeah. the round table also granted them the knowledge of uh, and the fighting skills, fight. some sort of prowess in order to compete. That's me giving this show maybe more credit than it gave itself. Right. But I think that that's the only way I could really talk that part off. My guess is that the creators were going for that. Well, they're already an established football team. So they're a team. They work together, and that's how they overcome evil. They beat their opponents <laughs> on the field all the time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the, like some of the worst parts of this were the football puns where like um, when Merlin, you know, explains where Guinevere is and stuff like that. Arthur's like, all right, when's the kickoff? Yep. Come on. Even when uh, Merlin's first starting out and looking for them, he's like, I found some heroes from the field of the future. It's like, come, the battlefield right. of the future. It's like, come on. Oh, the football yeah. field is not a battlefield. Merlin was totally offsides here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why didn't he go after soldiers or someone with actual skill? Right. There has to be a soldier out there named Arthur. I'm certain there's a soldier out there named Arthur. Merlin was just really uninformed. He was uninformed. He was not performing his job adequately. He was super desperate. So yeah. he just goes and grabs some guys who were playing with a ball. That's it. <laughs> Next episode that we watched was The Dark Side, season two, episode four. I chose it because the name was The Dark Side and it sounded cool. And I'm glad I did, actually. I, I kind of like this episode. Something, something dark side. Exactly. The reason it's called the dark side is because Morgana gets into the castle and breaks Merlin's other half, his evil half, out of his wall cellar. He's encased in ice in Merlin's wall, and only these certain chemicals mixed together and thrown against the wall are able to free him. Before that takes place, I just like that um, it, this episode starts out with this giant battle. Like, super hardcore, like, more axes and arrows flying everywhere, and the knights are out, like, on the walls. Oh my gosh, like, yeah. And, like, as weapons are flying everywhere, like, right at them, Merlin and Arthur just stop fighting and just start having a conversation. But, like, the battle isn't stopping. Like, all the weapons are still flying right at them, but they just stop to, you know, talk for a yeah, while. Yeah, I was going to mention that, because it's like, even while they're calmly talking, there's arrows. You can hear like the arrows. around like, right behind them. <laughs> and they're just yeah. flying. It's like, these guys are just such terrible shots that they don't even worry yeah. about these incoming arrows. Yeah, it's like stormtroopers. You could just stop and have a conversation, have a bite to eat, <laughs> yeah. and still not get hit. They even looked away from the arrows. They had no yeah. concern. So yeah, they did the old uh, the old bait and switch, where Morgana seals Merlin away and lets his evil side out, Nilrim. Yep, which is Merlin, Merlin backwards, backwards. Which took me a few minutes to figure out. I'm like, what kind of name is that? Then I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. But dude, Morgana's kind of hot. I mean, <laughs> I'm she, give her that. She's hot in kind of a strange way because I was thinking that too. Her nose, <laughs> her nose is kind of large, but it's like okay. Like, it's, you're like a, she's like a classical kind of attractive. 
So you would so you would have decided you would have been Lord Viper. Oh yeah, I I totally would have been on their side, <laughs> like hands <Yeah>. down. <laughs> Basically, the the knights don't know that it's the evil version of Merlin because they look alike, and he's posing as Merlin. He's causing like these accidents where the knights are getting injured or having narrow misses where they're almost killed or something. Well, he's doing that in order to turn them against each other yeah. because that's the and way to working. break up a team. Yep. Yeah, it's working. They're getting mad at each other. But did you notice? Was it Tone? Was he the one that the blacksmith? Yeah. Did you notice that he was pretty much naked under his apron? Like <laughs> he gets up and that's all he's got on is Just that apron, apron and nothing else. <laughs> like I mean, they don't show anything, but. I mean, he stands up and he's not wearing anything like, you know, on his upper body underneath that. Nothing visible. Same with his lower body. You just see bare legs sticking out from under that apron. I'm like, dude, gross. <laughs> Tone just likes to free ball it while he's building. <laughs> it gets hot in that uh, forage, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he makes uh, he makes that one dude accidentally fire his giant uh Arrow ballista at yeah. Tone's blacksmith shop and destroys the whole shop. Just not, yeah, destroys the shop and it all falls on Tone. So he yeah. could have died from that, like seriously injured. For one, that was a very flimsy building. If one freaking thing was able to knock that entire building down, yeah. And for two, that dude is tough as nails. If he just got up out of a building that just collapsed on him and he's fine and he's just angry about it yeah there was no scratches on him or anything just mad i like though that um there's another one another guy gets kind of injured because he gets clawed by uh was it the an eagle or oh, something some a group of falcons a group of falcons he gets clawed by him and one of the guys comes to Arthur and he's like, hey, uh, blah, blah, blah. He's hurt pretty bad. He got scratched up real bad and Merlin's not helping. But then we see the guy later and he's got like two Band-Aids on his face. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's hurt real bad? Well, like, com- does he play football really? Well, compared to Tone, that's hurt real bad. I guess. Because Tone had zero Band-Aids and a building fell on him. Yeah, a, a building fell on that guy and he's fine and just some like some hawks fly in this guy's face and he gets some scratches <laughs> and he, and everyone's freaking out about it like oh no he got scratched in the face and tones over here like i had a building fall on me you guys weren't that all been out of shape and nilrim was very socially awkward he's not very good at faking merlin oh, not at all. yeah even though that that's his job right now is to pretend he's just like uh, he's not playing the part well he's real short with everybody he's very mean and he's not yeah, Merlin he's at all. You know, one thing that I didn't understand is he's got all this, like, pretty much the same power as Merlin. So why is he just, like, messing around with these dudes, causing mischief? Why does he just flat out kill them and get it over with? He could easily kill all of them with, like, a wave of his hand. And instead he's just getting them to, he's just starting drama like like a high schooler. Just getting everyone mad at each <laughs> other, stirring the pot. My assumption would be since Merlin was able to summon that armor, Nilrim should be able to unsummon it or desummon it. Yeah, at least do something. I don't know. He didn't do a very good job. No, but what was cool was when uh, Nilrim and Merlin actually face off and they have that like uh, the battle with those 
those kind of, demons, yeah, the or demon whatever battle, they summon. right? Yeah, they both summon like a demon, and it is sweet. Like those look awesome. Yeah, that was probably my favorite part. I like wizard battles to that extent where they're not just throwing spells at each other; they're actually using everything at their disposal. And that right. was a good example of that. And I like that they're kind of evenly matched. Up. Well, they are evenly matched up since they're the same person. So what Nilrim is is Merlin extracted the evil from himself, so he would only be purely good. But that left just that pure evil there. Kind of like if you if you know Dragon Ball Z lore at all, how Piccolo is just the evil side of Kami. But Piccolo is able right. to become reformed. So all that Nilrim needs is a Gohan to come in. He just needs a right. little squire Tyrone to come in, and then he can be his <laughs> apprentice. The end of this episode. Oh, man. I don't know why cartoons do this. They they did a PSA. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> they started the PSA and this one was basically telling you not to pull your chairs out from under your friends. <laughs> it it was how to be cool is what it was. Yeah, pulling chairs out from under people isn't cool. So no. if you want to be cool, you're not going to pull out some chairs. Arthur's like Arthur calls somebody or calls on somebody who's about to pull a chair out from somebody else and he's like, "Hey, what are you doing?" It's like, I don't know, I was just trying to have some fun by pulling this chair out. And the other guy's like, I could have been seriously injured from this. It's like, come on, it, it's a chair. You would have sat on the floor. That's not injured. <laughs> I did that to kids all the time. This was very much in the in the vein of G.I. Joe's knowing is half the battle, except you don't learn anything and it was dumb. they're terrible. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. were horrible. <laughs> it made me sad. And I'm going to keep pulling chairs out because I want to. Yeah, this is the best part. Mm-hmm. Best part of chairs. <laughs> so let's move on to the last episode we watched for today's show winter campaign season two episode 12 which was the highest rated at least compared to the actual first episode this was the highest rated and this is a much better episode than the first episode so i don't know why the first yeah. one got the actual highest rating what i learned from this episode just as a short synopsis of that is that sir darren the ladies man was also incredibly sexist and continuously talked down to lady elaine he was so mean he was just basically like oh women can't do this women can't do that yeah and he even like learns his lesson by the end but then says something sexist again <laughs> yeah but then he's like but what do i know right and, like, and then oh, everybody laughs just, at him they turn yeah, it into just, a joke negated the entire like moral of the episode it's right after he apologizes to her and was like i guess i was wrong you're more than i expected or something like that just from reading the the wiki on this those two are dating also really lady elaine is dating sir darren yep oh that sucks for um was it sir gallop that was like with her the whole time and yeah trying to keep her out of harm's way and stuff like obviously had a thing for her and she's like this guy that talks down to me he's pretty cute this is a great example of real life because <laughs> i was actually thinking the same thing i was yeah. like i feel like sir gallop an awful lot like when i was younger it was like the it's kind of like the nice guys finish last thing and even in exactly. the description of sir gallop he all he thinks about ladies a lot and he's really um respectful to them and kind and that's the opposite of the ladies' man, Sir Darren, who exactly. is very disrespectful and talks down and, to them. And he gets them. He gets all the women. It works. I did like Lady Elaine, though. I mean, she was kind of... She was cool. She wasn't really feisty, but she was very much of the, like, hey, like, just give me a shot. I can do this kind of thing. Like, I'm the one that can get you in here. You need me sort of thing. And Right. And that was cool because some of the guys were against it. There's, there was a few that were really supportive right off the bat, like Sir Gallop 
which was, I mean, it was refreshing to at least see that, especially in a cartoon from this era. Yeah. She does do some sword fighting on horseback and does, she holds her own for a little bit. But she's also scared of rats, we find out, or mice. She is afraid of, yeah, she is afraid of mice. I don't know, I don't know why they brought that up at all, because it didn't really have any payoff after the fact. I think it was a, well, she's a girl, what's she going to be afraid of? Mice? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, let's put some mice in there. It's funny, she's not afraid of battle at all, but she is afraid of mice still. Makes no sense. But they, yeah, so they crafted some armor for her and it was very bikini-like in in a way. And then, uh, I mean, she got her own weapon and everything. So she was a part, she was a real part of the team for the duration of the episode. And of course, Sir Gallup was helping support her. And I mean, it was those two who went and invaded this castle. So what the story was is Lady Elaine's uncle's castle was taken by... The, the warlords, Morgana's warlords. And so she is the way that they have to get in because they can't just go through the entrance because since it's heavily guarded now is they have to go through the secret door that Merlin made for Lady Elaine when she was a child. And she's the only one that can activate it. And that's why she is brought along, which is kind of a long way to get there, a long kind of story to get there. But it was an interesting way that they were able to include her. And so I'm glad they did that. And then out of nowhere, snow comes into the picture. Morgana's <laughs> just like, hey, I can alter the weather. Why don't I just make snow so it's harder for them to get in? And so she does. And then it turns into a ridiculous jump the shark thing where. Yeah. Okay. I think it's bad. Maybe he misheard uh, him when he said skills and he's like, skis. Skis. <laughs> I don't know. But I was it, like, yeah, wow. that was definitely that was jumping the shark. That like, was the worst possible way to get to that there was nothing that would have led me to think skis were the way was what merlin was talking about plus just you like them being from the future obviously they know snow better than us i'm like did you guys not have snow back in the middle (laughs) ages pretty sure snow's been around for a very long time and i don't know how long of a duration it was for them to get into the castle but they had the time to build skis that worked as well as a, a, a jump, ski ramp, a, a ski ramp that was also very functional. It was, was within like minutes too. Yeah, minutes. they had a giant ski ramp because and they and they had sleds. Yeah, that's true. They had sleds, <laughs> they had skis, and a ski ramp. What I think happens on that end is that one of Tone's abilities is that he can construct almost anything very in a very forge. Like from the X Men Forge like way, oh, he's yeah. able to not make electronics but create anything by hand because nice. on okay. his on his chest plate is like a, a hammer and a chisel, I think. Mm, okay, so maybe that's a power that he's granted. That's the only way I could think that it's to still explain this. Really stupid. It's still very fast, and skis were the worst thing they could have done here. But whatever. I also like that. Finally, Morgana comes out and, you know, Morgana's Morgana's like the big bad and she's about to start doing some spells and she's going to take some people down. And she gets stopped because Elaine hits her in the face with a snowball (laughs) and she just basically gives up. She gets hit and, and instead of like, you know, firing back, like getting angry and doing a spell to kill Elaine or or just wiping the snow off and continuing what she was doing. She's just like, ooh, and like <laughs> yeah. balls her fists, and that's it. She's done. Yeah, and then <laughs> cut to the next scene. 
And then uh, when Morgana's about to try to destroy the whole castle or take it down with her, uh, Merlin comes up and he's like, you better not do that or I'll put you in ice forever or something. I'm like, why don't you do that anyway, you moron? Do it now, Merlin. (laughs) Then you don't have to worry about it again tomorrow (laughs) when she comes back and tries to destroy everything again. Trap her back in your wall with Nilrim and call it a day. Or me. I mean, yeah. <laughs> or Chris. <Nilrim>. Yeah. <laughs> He'll gladly be trapped in ice with Morgana. It, it's it's all in just keeping the realm safe. Of so. course. <laughs> um, then we get another PSA on sharing. Oh, <laughs> this one was this one was even the, the thing about these PSAs. And it's not that PSAs in general are bad. It's just that these are really these bad are PSAs terrible. because yeah. they have no real lead in. They're just like, it, OK, this one's about sharing. They're eating a huge feast. And then Sir Lug, the equipment manager, he's just like, oh, I feel bad because I think we should share all this food. And then they're like, yay, let's go share. And then they're walking off with all the all their uh, their meals to go share with the villagers. Right. You don't see any of the villagers or anything. So no, there's got to be like two or something. And like the people that prepared that food are probably like, <laughs> like we made that food for you and you just you're just gonna give it away for free to a bunch of peasants outside and consider it but the the moral of the story was heroes always share or something like that yeah i think that's whatever bullcrap it was they were it, spilling out it was either heroes or knights always share or something right. like that but yeah either way it and that's a great message but when it's delivered so poorly, it, it has no weight to it. Well, Chris, I think it's about time we travel back to the Middle Ages, since that's pretty much when we were still young, and see what our inner kids thought of King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. All right, I'm using some of Merlin's magic here. Or, or wait, nope, it's Nilrim's magic. Whoops, I guess I am evil. <laughs> to summon my inner kid. I thought this show was going to be really stupid, but it was kind of cool. There are all these knights with cool armor, and they looked all awesome, but then Merlin was like, Hey, I need help or whatever, and then these dumb football players were like, Okay, cool, and they got cool armor with some sweet animals on them, and there's all this magic, and a water lady that lives in a table for some reason, and there's these awesome bows with arrows and axes flying everywhere and crazy music. But they made lots of football jokes which were stupid because only the people that beat me up at school would laugh at those jokes. So I gave this 3.5 bowls of Merlin's magic cereal out of 5. Joseph, what animal would be on your armor? Mine would be a T-Rex, but he would also be part robot, and I would have cool ninja swords, and I would join the warlords, because I'm not a stupid jack. Uh, I'll have to think on that one. I'll get back to you, Chris. Through the ages, there have been quite a few works to successfully capture the magic of Arthurian legends. Excalibur, the Sword in the Stone, Monty Python and the Holy Grail... And then along came King Arthur and the Knights of Justice. Don't get me wrong, I think that the idea behind this show was brilliant, and if executed properly, would have had a long-lasting appeal. However, even the best of stories told poorly ends up falling short. I would still give King Arthur and the Knights of Justice three big bowls of whatever the chemicals they kept throwing against Merlin's wall were cereal out of five. It was a missed opportunity by the creators at forming their own legend. Excalibur, be my strength! Because I'm gonna need it after watching this show. Sounds like our little squires will never be knighted at this rate. Well, do you have any final thoughts on King Arthur and the Knights of Justice? 
Uh, I mean, final thoughts. It wasn't. It didn't hold up to what I was hoping for, but it was about what I expected. If that makes sense. I mean, I understand the '90s cartoons. Most of them were very cheesy, and this obviously still fits that bill. But there is a charm to it that I I do like. I do enjoy uh, the the Arthurian legend is is such a cool period to cover such a cool fantasy story to tell the way that they designed it i think was cool with the armor that produced weapons and the shields that produced those protective animals i thought that was great that's my favorite part of the show and i think that it's something that could really if they had a remake or continued the comic series or something i think they could really revamp this and make it awesome but it fell a little bit short of my expectations this time around and uh, i don't think they're ever going to pick this back up unfortunately it was what it was and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever reapproach it again, but we'll see. What about you? I agree with pretty much everything you said, but I actually went in with really low expectations for this, and I actually was a little more impressed, I think. I, I laughed about it a little bit at first, but then as the first episode started to end and I started watching the other two, it sucked me in a little bit because there was just a lot of appealing things. Um, the armor, the all the personalities... The battles, the bad guys, um, just it representing a famous group of heroes, the time travel aspect. There's a lot of just really cool elements to it. It just wasn't really executed the best. I think someone could do a lot of really cool stuff with it, but they would definitely need to kind of revamp it and get rid of some of the corny stuff. No more knights, knights, knights. That would be like me and you just walking into a con going nerds 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 <laughs> like everyone would just be like what like you know get out of here so <laughs> i am kind of interested in seeing the video game one because it was apparently so terrible but two because i'm interested to see like how they actually tied this thing all together but definitely would consider checking out a a reboot if they ever did something like that yeah definitely so just as a heads up, for next week there will not be an episode because I am moving and will be internetless for a week. A whole week. I don't know how I'm going to live through it, but I'm going to try. I'm moving too, but I was smart and I got internet. So I thought I was smart, but for some reason AT&T failed me. Come on, AT&T. And we were going to do our anime month through July because there's five weekends. Even though we're missing this next weekend... We're still going to do five, and we're going to cut into the first week of August. So anime month and one week <laughs> is going to be the anime uh, extravaganza, basically. A- anime month plus one, we'll call it. Yes. All right. Well, listeners, it looks like our milk supply has now run dry, so it's time for us to say goodbye. In two weeks, we'll be watching... Voltron Legendary Defender! And once again, I'm Joseph. And I'm Chris. And we'll see you next Saturday. Presented by NerdSloth, a place for lazy nerds. If you like what you heard, consider donating at patreon.com slash nerdsloth so we can continue bringing you quality shows. Be sure to also leave us a review and share your favorite episodes and clips on social media. If you're looking for more content, visit us at nerdsloth.com. 